Hello, I'm Maria Titizian. And I'm Rubina Margosian, and welcome to the Week in Review for the week of July 21. In the news, the situation in Artsakh because of Azerbaijan's total blockade has become extremely critical. Grocery stores are empty, medicine, medical supplies, and fuel are on the verge of running out. Armenia's foreign affairs minister says that Baku's intention is to create unbearable conditions for living and aims to ethnically cleanse Nagorno-Karabakh. He warns that people are on the verge of hunger and starvation. The situation in Nagorno-Karabakh is becoming extremely critical. On July 20, Artsakh's human rights defender, Geram Stepanian's office, reported that humanitarian crisis is getting worse by the hour. He said that all grocery stores are empty and the complete absence of food and basic necessities is inflicting suffering on 120,000 people, including 30,000 children, and requested immediate international intervention. Meanwhile, in Yerevan, a number of Demonstrators, including children, have been gathering daily in front of the UN office in Armenia, calling on the international community to take action and lift the blockade of the Lachin Corridor. There were also demonstrations outside the headquarters of the EU delegation to Armenia in front of the French embassy. They've been gathering every day here in Yerevan's Liberty Square. And by the UN office, they're also collecting food like rice, buckwheat, flour, etc. And, you know, Rubina, the situation, especially today, I think for all of us, really hit home on how how dire it is at the moment in Artsakh. Well, as uh, women are on hunger strike in, in front of the uh, UN, building. UN building, and its collecting of food is kind of basically in way of asking the UN to use its mandates to also try to get humanitarian aid to They could do humanitarian airlifts, for example. They do have mechanisms and tools that they can employ, and hopefully it won't get to the point where there will be bodies lining up in the streets of Stepanakert. And also this is why the Ardam solution from getting humanitarian aid to Ardam is so dangerous Mm -hmm. and worrisome that we'll talk about it later in the podcast. But on July 15, more than 470 European NGOs and associations sent a letter to the leaders of the European Union urging them to take immediate and effective steps to end the ongoing illegal blockade of Artsakh by Azerbaijan. On July 20, Armenia's health minister, Anahid Avanesian, told reports that hospitals in Artsakh have suspended all planned surgeries and other procedures and reserves of medications are being used only in very urgent cases. This situation constitutes a serious healthcare crisis because right now the entire process is disrupted and medical supplies are not entering Artsakh, she said. And yesterday it was reported by the head of the maternity hospital in Artsakh that miscarriages have gone up by almost a third uh, pregnant women. This morning I saw the image and it was really very disturbing of a pregnant woman who had fainted and they had placed her on top of a a pickup truck. Uh, An elderly man also fainted today while waiting in queue for bread. There are signs of malnutrition already appearing. On July 14, 11 patients were transferred from Artsakh to Armenia with the facilitation of the International Committee of the Red Cross. Eight patients who were in Armenia to receive treatment returned back to Artsakh. And Maria, as I'm reading this, like the resolve of these people to return under this, where like basically starvation is, is, uh, and you need to recuperate recuperate and you're just going back to starvation. Well, uh, there are more people in need of urgent medical care in the hospitals of Artsakh. This is both children and adults. On July 20, in an interview with Armenia's public television, Artsakh State Minister Gurgen Nersesian said 
And this one, this is just incredible, that Azerbaijan has required all patients being transferred from Artsakh to Armenia be examined by Azerbaijani doctors at the Lachin checkpoint, which he said is aimed against the dignity of our citizens, putting them in an uncomfortable situation. He added that there are also problems with garbage collection, which can cause serious epidemic and sanitary problems in Artsakh. There's also uh, not enough paper for the government to give the people the ration papers. And more from Artsakh today. Today, Artsakh's parliament adopted a statement calling on the government of Armenia to take immediate measures to vest the Russian peacekeeping mission in Nagorno-Karabakh with an international mandate by requesting the UN Security Council and the UN General Assembly to take proper action to preserve peace and security in the region. The parliament further called on permanent members of the UN Security Council to adopt a resolution and initiate practical measures to impose peace. Isn't this interesting, right? To impose peace in Artsakh pursuant to the goals and principles enshrined in the UN Charter. Definitely, again, coming back to international organizations not fulfilling their mandate. This is something that needs to be addressed uh, immediately. On July 20, an OSC special permanent council meeting in Vienna was convened at Armenia's request. Foreign Minister Artmirzoyan delivered a speech describing the humanitarian situation in Nagorno-Karabakh, stating that the deliberate actions of Azerbaijan cannot be called anything other than illegal and inhuman. Mirzoyan emphasized that Baku's actions are a blatant violation of international humanitarian law and a breach of Geneva Conventions, and noted that Azerbaijan's actions, quote, intend to create unbearable conditions for living and aim to ethnically cleanse Nagorno-Karabakh. Well, this cannot be repeated enough. Mirzoyan uh, also noted that the growing shortage of medication and medical supplies poses an increasing threat to people's lives and well-being, with vulnerable groups, including 2,000 pregnant women, 30,000 children, 20,000 senior citizens, and 9,000 persons with disabilities struggling to survive under conditions of malnutrition. He argued that the humanitarian catastrophe created by Azerbaijan in Artsakh shows that without a viable international mechanism, no single Armenian will survive in Nagorno-Karabakh. And he also said that, you know, we're not speaking about a looming crisis anymore. We are speaking about an ongoing humanitarian disaster. And Azerbaijan's representative at the OSCE responded to Mirzoyan's speech, again accusing Armenia of abusing the Lachin Road for illegal purposes, such as the rotation of military personnel, transfer of weapons and ammunition, infiltration of terrorists, as well as trafficking of natural resources and cultural property. This one is a new one, Maria. And in the establishment of the checkpoint on the Lachin Road on the border was a necessity, according to the Azerbaijan representative. This is a measure to put an end to these illegal practices, according to Azerbaijan. The representative of Baku stated that his country is resolute to reintegrate its citizens of Armenian origin into its political, social, and economic space and guaranteeing equal rights to all of its citizens, regardless of their national or ethnic origin. And just as a reminder, Azerbaijan is considered one of the most repressive and predatory regimes in the world, according to all global and international indices. So He also added that Azerbaijan has taken consistent and successful efforts to interact with local Armenian residents, solving important issues of water, transportation, and energy supplies in the region, and has appointed a special representative for the dialogue with local Armenian residents with a view to discussing issues pertinent to their reintegration. But the Armenian side has blockaded the next round of discussions in Baku by putting forward irrelevant preconditions. I love the interesting choice of word, blockaded. Right, the precondition is, please don't start yeah, us. Blocked. Yeah. <laughs> 
The Azerbaijani representative reaffirmed Baku's readiness to facilitate the transportation of humanitarian supplies to the Armenian residents via the Ardam Khangendi Road. This is his words. He denied all the allegations regarding the blocking of the Lachin Corridor. Well, the EU issued a statement in response to Mirzoyan's address, saying that after the recent Brussels meeting between Pashinyan, Aliyev, and Michel, the EU expects the Azerbaijani side to take concrete steps in providing clear reassurances for the rights and security of the Armenian population in Nagorno-Karabakh. All outstanding issues should be resolved through negotiations without the use of threat of force. The statement read the EU has been repeatedly calling on the Azerbaijani authorities to fully ensure restoration of movement of goods and people along the Lachin Corridor in line with the International Court of Justice orders of February and July 2023, as well as unrestricted supplies of energy. Increased restrictions to such freedom of movement are causing significant distress among the local population. The EU is alarmed about the humanitarian impact resulting from the lack of food, medicines and other essential goods as a result of current restrictions. And the ban on ICRC transports to and from the region by Azerbaijani authorities has been worrisome. The current situation is not sustainable and creates tensions that run contrary to much-needed confidence-building efforts. Well, the Russian representative at the OSCE said that the situation around Nagorno-Karabakh is developing according to a negative scenario. Immediate measures must be taken to unblock the Lachin Corridor, resume unrestricted movement of citizens, vehicles and cargo in both directions, as well as the energy supply to the region. We also believe that under these conditions, the importance of promptly finalizing the text of a peace agreement between Baku and Yerevan, based on the agreements reached before, becomes paramount. We proceed from the understanding that reliable and clear guarantees of the rights and security of the Armenians in Gharapagh must become an integral part of this agreement, as well as the unwavering implementation of all provisions of the trilateral statements between Russia, Azerbaijan, and Armenia. The U.S. charge d'affaires to the U.S.C. Catherine Brocker stated that the U.S continues to believe efforts to reach a durable and dignified peace agreement normalize relations, delimit and demarcate borders, open transportation and communication links, and ensure the rights and security of all residents in the Nagorno-Karabakh region are in the best interest of all stakeholders. The United States recognizes ongoing tensions on the ground, including Azerbaijan's recent closure of the Lachin Corridor to all but some limited humanitarian traffic, which threatens to worsen the humanitarian situation for the population of Nagorno-Karabakh cross-border incidents also threaten the momentum you have already worked hard to achieve. We again urge the sides to refrain from provocative, threatening, or hostile actions or rhetoric, she added. I mean, which side is she referring I to? I think probably Russia can't be Armenia. <laughs> On July 17, the president of Artsakh, Aray Kartunyan, joined the sit-in in Stepanakert's revival square with the aim of attracting international attention to fulfill its obligations and to push the Armenian people and all friends of Armenia to activate and take immediate action. He urged Armenia, Russia, the U.S., France, the European Union, and the U.N. Security Council to refrain from encouraging Azerbaijan and ignoring its further aggressive and criminal actions. Harutunian added that if within a week the situation of the people of Artsakh does not return to a more or less stable and normal state with international intervention, then after that we will resort to tougher actions, both in Artsakh and outside of it. The Speaker of the National Assembly of Artsakh, Artur Tolmasian, also joined the sit-in. And once again, this week it was reported that back on July 12, the European Court of Human Rights reaffirmed its earlier decision. This is back from December 21, 2022, which obliged Azerbaijan to take all necessary and sufficient measures to ensure the movement of seriously ill persons in need of medical care to Armenia through the Lachin Corridor. The ECHR thus reaffirmed
reaffirmed the need for Azerbaijan to implement its earlier decision. Uh, last Saturday, this was a, a day after we did our podcast last week, on July 15, there was a trilateral meeting uh, between Armenian Prime Minister Nikol Pashinyan, President of the European Council Charles Michel, and Azerbaijani President Ilham Aliyev. This took place in Brussels. And during the meeting, they talked about all of these issues, right? The ongoing humanitarian crisis, uh, the blocking of the Lachin Corridor, border delimitation, and works for ensuring border security, the rights and security of the people of Nagorno-Karabakh. Well, the same with these we meetings, we just get mm-hmm. the headlines, and yeah. we never get any of the details, as, as is uh, logical and customary. But And then we're reading between the lines of everything that's been said afterwards. Uh, tweets, yes. Charles Michel tweeted after the meeting, saying, we are going through one of the most comprehensive and vigorous stages of negotiations between Army and Azerbaijan. An agreement was reached to intensify the work towards the solution of the discussed issues. The Armenian and Azerbaijani leaders once again fully reconfirmed the respect for the other country's territorial integrity and sovereignty based on the understanding that Armenia's territory covers 29,800 square kilometers and Azerbaijan's 86,600, Michel said in a statement to the press. He also went on to say that the delimitation of the borders, which has become the subject of discussion, should be carried out according to the Alma-Ata Declaration. Michel also emphasized that the issues of prisoners and soldiers who crossed over to the other side by mistake were discussed at the meeting. Nikol Pashinyan and Charles Michel met before the tripartite meeting at the request of the president of Nagorno-Karabakh. The prime minister of Armenia passed on the letter of the president of Nagorno-Karabakh to Charles Michel, and then we did hear later the contents of that letter was basically detailing the very critical situation and calling for international mechanisms. After an almost three-hour meeting, Michel considered Azerbaijan's readiness to uh, carry out humanitarian supplies through Ardam important. At the same time, he stressed that the only road connecting Arsakh to Armenia and Lachin should be opened. And this was the first time that, in this context, we heard about this notion of a Ardam road to bring in supplies, which is really ironic because you wouldn't need to do that if you just opened the Lachin corridor, right? Um, but anyway, this was uh, the first time we were hearing this. And Michelle also emphasized that for real progress, Progress, violence, and harsh rhetoric first be put to an end in order to create a favorable environment for peace and settlement negotiations. He said that he intends to invite Pashinyan and Aliyev to another meeting, and within the framework of the next European political summit in the fall, uh, he hopes to have that meeting with the participations of the leaders of France and Germany in Grenada. Well, according to Aliyev's office, the agenda of the meeting also included Baku's demands for the withdrawal of army and army units from Azerbaijani territory and the dissolution of Karabakh's illegal armed forces. Yeah, this is Artsakh's defense army. And yeah, if they uh, remove the defense army, then uh, we know what will happen. Well, on July 14, Azerbaijani minister Minister of Foreign Affairs Jehum Bayramov had suggested the possibility of providing humanitarian aid to the population of Artsakh uh, from Ardam. On July 18, Artsakh authorities denied reports claiming that representatives of the ICRC, accompanied by Russian peacekeepers, are transporting humanitarian aid from Ardam through Askeran, calling this disinformation. On the same day, citizens of Nagorno-Karabakh closed the Askeran-Ardam road with concrete barriers as a sign of refusal to accept aid from Azerbaijan. The demonstrators emphasized that the offer of humanitarian assistance to the people of Nagorno-Karabakh is Azerbaijan's attempt to subjugate them, adding that Arsakh should maintain its social and economic connections only with Armenia. Bayramov's suggestion of providing humanitarian aid to the population of Arsakh through the Lachin Corridor met strong resistance after Charles Michel welcomed the offer by Azerbaijan.
Well, naturally, they're trying to feed their hostages. <laughs> well, a number of Armenian NGOs also expressed concern regarding Michel's claim, worried that the statement represents the Lachin Corridor and Ardam as equal solutions to the humanitarian crisis in Artsakh. They added that by drawing attention to the possible aid from Ardam, Azerbaijan diverts the attention of the international community from the real issue. They urged the international community to prioritize the unblocking of Lachin Corridor in compliance with the ICJ Toivo Klar, the EU special envoy to the South Caucasus, also reacted to the Azerbaijani offer, stating that Lachin should be opened, yet every offer should be used not as an alternative to Lachin, but as a complement to it. And the political connotation, the insult to people's integrity mm-hmm. in Artsakh, these are not, not a matter of, of discussion at right. this point. Well, on July 18, the Political and Security Committee of the Council of European Union approved Canada's proposal to contribute to the EU monitoring mission in Armenia. Armenia's foreign ministry welcomed Canada's initiative and considered it an important contribution to the mission's role in enhancing stability and peace in the South Caucasus region. Well, you know, this past week, interestingly, there has... We've seen a decrease in outright violations of the ceasefire regime, but we did see a lot of, again, uh, disinformation being uh, disseminated. On July 15, the Azerbaijani side spread disinformation that the Defense Army of Artsakh tried to carry out fortification works in the Asgeran region, after which Baku opened fire in the direction of civilians doing agricultural work in the village of Nerkin Suznek. Two days later, Baku violated the ceasefire in the Mardagert region of Artsakh. On July 17, Azerbaijan's defense ministry spread disinformation that Armenia's armed forces fired towers Dilachin and Sadarak region of Nakhijevan. Later, Armenia's defense ministry reported that Baku fired in the direction of Sotk and Nerkinhand. Two days later, uh, the Azerbaijan defense ministry reported that Armenia had fired uh, in the direction of Azerbaijani combat positions. Armenia's defense ministry denied this claim. During a cabinet meeting on July 15, Armenia's Prime Minister Nikol Pashinyan said that Azerbaijan continues its ethnic cleansing plan in Artsakh and that his latest trilateral meeting in Brussels did not provide any concrete result in terms of opening the Lachin Corridor and overcoming the humanitarian crisis in nagorno karabakh He said our task at this time is to draw more international attention to the humanitarian crisis established in nagorno karabakh through diplomatic means and by presenting the situation in the international press and social networks as widely and objectively as possible. On July 15, the Russian Foreign Ministry issued a statement regarding the blockade in Artsakh. The statement mentioned that Armenia's recognition of Azerbaijan's territorial integrity has changed the situation and the position of the Russian peacekeepers in Nagorno-Karabakh, adding that under these conditions, third parties should not be blamed for the situation and, and immediate peace agreement must be reached between Yerevan and Baku. The statement also reflected on the dire humanitarian situation in Karabakh. Russia expressed its willingness to actively contribute to the efforts of the international community to restore normal life in Nagorno-Karabakh. The statement also urged Azerbaijan to take urgent measures to immediately unblock the Lachin Corridor. The Azerbaijani foreign ministry responded to the Russian foreign ministry statement, noting that it causes disappointment and misunderstanding. Russian Ministry of Foreign Affairs comments on and settling conditions for the sovereignty and territorial integrity of Azerbaijan in the context of the recognition of Karabakh as part of Azerbaijan by the Prime Minister of Armenia, a country that occupied the territories of Azerbaijan for nearly 30 years, is unacceptable. 
It also added that the Lachin checkpoint has been installed in accordance with Azerbaijani legislation and that the Armenian side used the Lachin road for illegal activities, which the checkpoint is meant to prevent. Following these statements, Azerbaijan's ambassador to Russia, Polat Burpuloglu, and Russia's deputy foreign minister, Andrei Rudenko, had a meeting. Rudenko confirmed the need for the complete and immediate unblocking of the corridor and responded to the latest quote, incorrect remarks by Azerbaijani foreign ministry stating that Russia has always respected and continues to respect the territorial integrity of Azerbaijan, but it does not negate the task of comprehensive advancement of the Armenian-Azerbaijani normalization process, including the provisions of rights and security of the population of Nagorno-Karabakh. On July 20, Russian Foreign Ministry spokesperson Maria Zakharova stated that Ankara is against the November 9 agreement, according to which Russian peacekeepers would be deployed uh, in Nagorno-Karabakh for five years. She emphasized that the Russian peacekeepers' presence in Nagorno-Karabakh is even more important in the current climate of rising tensions and that the peacekeepers have a vital stabilizing role and both Armenia and Azerbaijan, as well as other players in the region, including Turkey, benefit from it. This comment was in response to Turkey's President Recep Tayyip Erdogan's earlier statement, uh, where he expressed hope that the Russian peacekeepers will abide by the earlier agreements and will leave Nagorno-Karabakh after 2025. Regarding the humanitarian situation in Nagorno-Karabakh, Zakharova said that Russia is working with all parties on the matter, and as for supplying humanitarian aid, individual countries of all international organizations are developing numerous options for resolving this issue, according to Zakharova. She also talked about the possibility of deploying a CSTO mission to Armenia. I mean, we've been It has been a while, right? while with this one. And stated that it would contribute to the stabilization of the situation on the Armenian-Azerbaijani border. Again, she said the ball is in the Armenian side's court, adding, um, also noting that Nagorno-Karabakh is not in the area of the CSTO's responsibility. On July 20, the Azerbaijani Minister of Environment and Natural Resources sent a letter to the Armenian Minister of Environment demanding to stop the construction of the steel plant in Yerask due to environmental concerns. The Armenian Minister of Environment's spokesperson, Ani Hakopian, said that the minister did not receive any such letter. She added that if the ministry received an official letter, they would process it and respond accordingly. Hakopian also mentioned that Armenia is committed to its international obligations regarding the environment. Earlier on July 14, the American company building the plant issued a statement that they did not violate any international convention, as Azerbaijan claims, and are ready to demand compensation for the profit not earned in international legal platforms. They went on to say that if Azerbaijan shoots at unarmed workers again, they will view it as a political decision and as a direct blow to American capital without any environmental motive. And they've been doing so, firing at towards the plant uh, periodically and on June 14, the uh, Azerbaijani side wounded two Indian nationals working at, at the plant. While he was in Vienna taking part in the OSC uh, meeting, Armenia's foreign minister, Mirzoyan, met with Austrian foreign minister, Alexander Schallenberg. In Vienna, they discussed relations between the two countries, Armenia-EU partnership, cooperation on international platforms, including the UN, OSC, regional security and stability. Well, naturally, uh, Mirzayan presented the security situation in the South Caucasus. Armenia's vision of establishing peace, the process of normalization of relations between Armenia and Azerbaijan, and the efforts made by Armenia and the international community to achieve results. He went on to say that stable peace in the region is possible only by properly addressing the rights and security issues of the people of Nagorno-Karabakh under the international mechanisms through 
the Stepanagert Baku dialogue. Austrian Foreign Minister Alexander Schallenberg said that Austria is greatly worried about the blockade of the Lachin Corridor, describing it as a humanitarian concern, and called for an end to the blockade and noted that Austria has previously advocated strongly for a civilian EU mission in Armenia to support the PET towards stability and security. And again, while in Austria, Mirzoyan met with OSC Secretary General Helga Schmidt during the meeting. Issues on the regional agenda were discussed and thoughts were exchanged about the OSC's activity and role under the current challenges. Mirsan noted that Azerbaijan, ignoring the legally binding decisions of the International Court of Justice of February 22 and July 6, continues to keep the Lachin Corridor closed. The minister emphasized the urgency of international actors' active steps to prevent another humanitarian disaster in the 21st century, emphasizing the need for effective use of OSE mechanisms and existing tools. Armenia's defense ministry has not commented on the president of the French Senate, Gerard Larcher's statement about France's arms supply to Armenia. Last week, Larcher uh, tweeted, I have asked to reopen the Lachin Corridor connecting Armenia and Nagorno-Karabakh immediately and to speed up the supply of defense weapons by France to Armenia to ensure its security. Armen Khachatryan, deputy chairman of the Committee of Defense and Security, said that active work is being done to acquire weapons. Khachatryan added that Russia continues to be the main partner in arms supply to Armenia. A month ago, Armenian Defense Minister Suren Babikian was in France. According to official reports, he participated in the opening of an aviation exhibition in Paris, visited the pavilions of French military industrial enterprises, and had meetings with company leaders. And yesterday, two prominent French members of parliament called on the French government to open a consulate representation in Sunik. They described this move as an important step by France for preserving Armenia's territorial integrity. In a letter to French Foreign Minister Catherine Colonna, the MP said that France should open a consulate either in Rapan or Goris, referring to other countries who have done the same. This is Iran and Russia. The MPs said, um, this is a direct quote, the Azerbaijani regime has aspirations towards Sunik and wants to achieve the land connection of the Republic of Azerbaijan and Nakhichevan. This aspiration is part of a larger pan-Turkic plan, which aims to connect the Turkic population of the Bosphorus with the Caspian Sea region. In this context, when the military imbalance grows in favor of Azerbaijan every day, a new possible aggression by Azerbaijan could have disastrous consequences. Armenia has few allies to withstand this threat. Among them, France is the most dedicated country acting as a guarantor of Armenia's territorial integrity and the Armenian population's security, they said. On July 18, former Secretary of the Security Council of Artsakh, retired Army Commander Vitaly Balasanyan, was charged with embezzlement, illegal weapons, and narcotics possession and violence against a government representative. Balasanyan was arrested last week while he reportedly attempted to stop police officers from searching his family's house in Askeran. Balasanyan's son and brother were also taken into custody. Karabakh prosecutors claim that Balasanyan's son misused a 74 million drum, this is about $190,000 state loan for an agricultural business project. Balasanyan was dismissed from his post as the Secretary of the Security Council in January of this year. The reason
reason for this removal was not officially clarified. And Armenia's second president, Robert Kocharyan, and his family members have been invited to the general prosecutor's office. Uh, this will take place on August 1. The law enforcement agency announced that after their investigation, they uncovered a number of illegalities concerning property and finances belonging to the Kocharyan family. The prosecution is planning to confiscate 20 pieces of real estate belonging to the Kocharyans, which are mainly in buildings in the center of Yerevan, two cars, more than $1.5 million in deposits, 10 billion drums in loans given to other people, shares in various companies, and another 22 billion drums which has not been identified. Armenian prosecutors have issued an international arrest warrant for Vigen Sarkisian, a U.S.-based former defense minister and opposition figure facing what he sees or considers as politically motivated charges. He was charged with abuse of power in connection with the distribution of government-funded housing to Armenian army officers and their families. The Office of the Prosecution claimed that in 2018, Sarkisian illegally ordered the allocation of 26 apartments in Yerevan to military personnel and ministry officials who were not on an official waiting list for these homes. And the Chief of the General Staff of the Armenian Armed Forces, First Deputy Minister of Defense, Lieutenant General Edward Asirian, took part in a conference in Washington, D.C., marking the 30th anniversary of the U.S. National Guard's state partnership program. During his visit, Asirian had meetings with high-ranking U.S. military officials. The officials included Admiral Christopher Grady, the Vice Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, and General Charles Brown, the Chief of the U.S. Air Force Staff. The sides discussed U.S.-Armenian defense partnership and the opportunities to explore broader cooperation in the Air Force sector. Well, this is the kind of very difficult week we had here again in Armenia and Artsakh. Um, you can follow. We've been doing live updates since the beginning of the blockade. It's called Artsakh Newswatch. It's on the front page of our uh, website and we do hour by hour updates on the situation and we also post to our social media platforms so do follow that to know what's taking place so we will be back again next friday <laughs>